Hello and welcome on back to Embracing Your Energy. Whoops, if you are new here, welcome. We are excited you're here to join our little family on the internet. And if you are returning, thank you so much. I am thrilled that you are tuning in yet again. So as you know, this is a Friday episode and we have recently switched Fridays to be called Behind the Energy. And basically what this is, is the story behind different coaches in this virtual space. However, I feel like it's also important to share my own story as a coach. So I have a lot of different stories I want to share and different things I'm going through and working through that I think will help you. And maybe you won't feel as alone at certain stages in your journey. So that is my hope when I come on behind the energy and I'm going to be on it for this week. So this week is a very heavy topic. We are starting in deep. I never thought I would actually do an episode about this. I've been on other podcasts and I share about it, but I just never necessarily felt ready to share about it on my own platform, mainly because I didn't want I had all these stories in my mind of what I didn't want to be classified as and I thought by sharing this I would become that person and that's not how it works. So I feel ready to share and it's coming out on November 3rd, which is very fitting. It's very fitting. When you're listening to this right now, I'm in Aruba, so I'm enjoying my time at the beach. Um, But I know it's going to be a heavy day that day and the following day and just a lot of heaviness on this trip. But I think I'm ready to share about it. Okay, stay tuned. Welcome to Embracing Your Energy, a spiritual podcast for women who are ready to break free from the limits they've set for themselves. I'm Jen Murphy, a life coach, mindfulness expert, and your host. I'm here to guide you on a journey of self-discovery and transformation. On this podcast, we'll be diving into visualizing your possibilities, reprogramming your subconscious, and manifesting your desires. We'll be discussing practical tips and techniques to help you tap into your intuition, increase your self-worth, and create the life you've always dreamed of. This podcast is for the woman who wants to create a life that aligns with her values, passions, and purpose. So whether you're feeling stuck, lost, or just ready for a change, you're in the right place. Remember, you are worthy, you are capable, and you have the power to manifest your wildest dreams. So get ready to let go of limiting beliefs, make some much needed mindset shifts, and finally manifest abundance and success. Let's start embracing your energy. Okay, here we are going all in. So based on the intro, you might be like, Jen, what are we about to talk about? And instead of building it up anymore, I'm just going to say it and then we'll get into the story. But basically, this entire episode is going to be about my journey with grief and losing my dad. 
And yeah, let's get into it because I feel like I don't know how to start this off appropriately. Like, I don't know. So basically, my dad's dead. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to back up a little bit and share about kind of, I don't really know. I don't have any outline for this episode. I just felt called to share about dealing with grief. And I don't necessarily think I want to get into the whole story. Like I could make a whole episode just on his story of his sickness and everything. Um, But I kind of want to touch more on the part after he died and the grieving piece. Um, I'll do a quick little background. So when I was four, he was diagnosed with Perferia Kuntatarda, which is basically you're allergic to the sun. And when you get a sunburn and it starts to peel, the layers that would peel off of him would not grow back because he had too much iron in his body. That they possibly think linked to when I was in high school and he got Wagner's disease, which is a kidney disease, and he ended up both his kidneys failing. My mom donated her kidney when I was a freshman in college, and he was good. <laughs> and then I was out in Montana. He apparently was the healthiest he had ever been in my entire life. Um, and I am a little bit like upset I missed it, but at the same time, I think it was good for me to be in Montana. And then when I graduated Montana, graduated college in Montana, I moved back home because he was kind of in and out of the hospital again with a bunch of different things. He basically almost died several times. Um, I can't even like count slash explain every single time because it almost became so normal to us. Like it was also normal for me to call an ambulance. Like I never panicked about it. Whereas I feel like sometimes people panic when they think like, oh, I have to call 911. I got so comfortable with it that it wasn't a big deal to me. And it ended up helping me like when I was teaching in the classroom and we had like crisis that we had to deal with and I needed to call 911. Anyways, um, this isn't about my students. (laughs) This is about my dad. So that happened. Um, I ended up leaving the classroom teaching to work remotely for a coach, and it allowed me time to be with my dad, especially when we um, sold the house because he could no longer do the stairs. So we needed to get them a one floor house or at least the master on the first floor. So we were moving, we sold the house, and we were going to travel because we were going to have him be retired and just kind of build back up his energy. And at this point, he ha- he's had like a few different cases of skin cancer and they've remo- removed it and like just other, con- he was just in and out of the hospital literally for weeks at a time. And again, it was just like normalized to us. Like I remember I would say it to coworkers. I'm like, oh, I can't grab drinks after work today because I have to run up to the hospital to pick my dad up. And they're like, he was in the hospital. I was like, yeah, he's been there for like three weeks. Like we're good though. He's coming back. Um, Like it almost got to a point that it wasn't weird. Like it seemed weird if he wasn't sick. Um, But at the time I, again, it's like crazy to think back to it. But anyways, 
Uh, fast forward, we were about to travel. We were leaving to go to the Outer Banks and we were going to do like seven months in Airbnbs around the US and Canada. We had it all planned. We didn't put in deposits yet. We were going to kind of like in case we wanted to stay somewhere longer or if we wanted to switch up our plan. So we were doing like one month at a time. So at this time, we had booked four weeks in the Outer Banks. Um, and the night before we left or the day before we left, I had to bring him to the dentist and he, the dentist was like, you have to go get that eye checked. Like something is wrong. And he's like, yeah, no, I've been back and forth to the doctor with it. They said, it's fine. He ends up going and the doctor's like, we need to do immediate surgery. Um, basically his, the skin cancer had traveled up right there. So it was like a lot. They're like, but we can just remove it, but let's do a biopsy first. They did that and he was like, I can't come out with you guys because I have to wait for the doctor. I'll fly down. So my mom and I left. He he ends up calling after visiting the doctor and the doctor had given him a year and a half to live because of the cancer. And so he ended up going to my brother's and stuff until his flight was ready and then he came down and joined us. By the time he got to us, my mom had scheduled a second opinion at Dana-Farber Um, so they flew back again to do the second opinion. The second opinion gave him six, gave him six months. Yes. Six months. Um, which is a big difference from a year and a half to six months, like just remove a whole year. And so then they flew back. We finished out our stay in the Outer Banks and then we decided to just rent back in Massachusetts where the rest of our family was because we wanted him to have time with the grandkids and just be around family, especially knowing it was near the end. Um, Lots happened there. Uh, I am beyond grateful. I was allowed with work. She was so understanding and always said family first, family always, and allowed me time and space to be with my dad. Even though in my head, I knew he was near the end, like all of us knew that. We just assumed he'd get over it again because he had almost died so many times, like so many times that it no longer was that believable. It was like, yeah, like you guys just don't get it. He can get really sick. Like he had points where he was septic, where he had internally like bled out everywhere. um, And he would just like the next week be back at work. Like it literally was like a cat with nine lives. He just always would like the doctors would be like, we don't understand how you're still around. Like don't get it. But anyways, things got pretty bad there. We were doing palliative care with radiation and he one day just like couldn't do it anymore. And so I called the, what's the radiation doctor's name? Like, what do you call him? The radiologist, the radi, radiist, radi, radi, radiation doctor. Anyways, I called them and was like, yeah, we're done. We can't keep doing it. He's like, you can't stop the treatment, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, at this point, it's just palliative. Like, and I, and if you don't know what palliative means, it is just, you're doing it for comfort at this point. Like, you know, it's not going to cure it, but it can help comfort wise and take away some of the pain. So that was the goal of this, just to make it more comfortable. We knew it wasn't going to get rid of it. So he was like, you really can't do that. I was like, he needs to go into hospice. Like he can't keep doing this. So the doctor told me like what I had to do with him. We waited for my brother to come to help me get him down the stairs. And then we drove to the hospital 
And it was sad because he would have us stop and he's just like, this is it. Like, this is my last ride on the street. And again, we, I don't want to say we, because maybe my brothers and my mom were not feeling the same way as me, but I was just like, enough. Like, you're going to be fine. You're always fine. Like, you're only 63. Like, you are okay. Um, And he's like, no, this is it. Like, I know. And I'm like, no, you don't. Um... And so we ended up at the hospital. It was a lot happening there. Again, I'm not going to go too deep into everything. I'm more than happy to, but the point of this episode, I really want to talk about after grief, not after grief, but grief after death. There we go. Um, So we took him there. We ended up eventually transferring him from the ER to a hospice center and he ended up dying three days later. So when he got, so he originally got the year and a half and then he got the six month and he ended up dying six weeks from the initial um, year and a half um, prediction. And it was November 4th. So this episode comes out November 3rd. Tomorrow is the day it all happened. And it's actually kind of been a lot for this past week. So I'm recording this before Aruba. So it's October 27th. It's a Friday. And this whole week has kind of been heavy because his birthday was October 23rd. So when we were renting in Massachusetts, we were right on the beach and we had a birthday for him. And he always hated birthdays. He was like, it's just another day. And we always would say, because we've lost a lot of people, especially my mom, like with her sister and stuff. Um, Well, now sisters. But at the time when my dad was here, it was just a sister. Um, We would always be like, Carol would want another birthday. Like, don't wish away your birthdays. And I was like thinking the other day, because I drove back to where we were staying, that beach. Um, I tend to go there a lot. It ends up being so close to where we moved. But it's like 15 minutes. Um, And I feel like this week I just keep going there and remembering just everything from that time. And I think back to even a year ago, because again, this is going to be the two year. And I think back to a year ago and I didn't actually understand everything that happened. And then I think back to two years ago when it was happening and I didn't understand what was happening. Like, And for the past two years, I have been telling people like, oh, I was so good at it because I was able to be present in the moment. And just last night, I was at the beach and it was a beautiful moon. It was like pink skies, blue. It reminded me of the Outer Banks. It was literally like a picture you'd see on Pinterest. And I was just like, I'm here. Like, this is me right now. And in that moment, I realized the power of presence. And I swore I've been present like for for the past two years. And it really made me realize that I hadn't. Like, yes, I was more present than when I was in the classroom. I feel like I have done so much internal and out internal and external work to get to where I am in my own healing journey. But I realized I was pushing off this whole piece of me, this whole piece that feels the emotions within the body. So I was always good at classifying what emotion I should tell people I'm feeling. And 
I swore I was feeling it, (laughs) but I sat last night with the moon and I called up different emotions in my body and just felt it and felt the heaviness of different emotions and the lightness of different emotions and where it was, like if it was in my legs or in my stomach or my shoulders or my back, my head, like where was this emotion like sitting in my body? And I just really went internal and really started to feel it. And I allowed myself to feel it. And by feeling it, I realized I have blocked off emotions for so long, like so long. And like, I can even feel it right now. I feel like I should be a bit more emotional with this entire episode, especially because it's literally about losing my dad. But at the same time, I know I'm like recording this for someone else. And I feel that I have not necessarily a mask, like I'm not showing you truly how I feel, but a mask of just like a comfort blanket of how can I provide comfort to the person listening to this so they don't get so heavy in their emotions because it's a lot to deal with. And I'm working on that. I'm working on that um, because I just realized like that's what I'm doing. And so... Yeah, last night I saw the moon, I was going through the emotions, and I realized as much as I say I've processed grief, I don't even think, I don't want to say I haven't started, because I definitely have, I think this whole piece of grief has been there, Um, like the ignoring phase, I don't actually know the different phases of grief, Uh, you would think I would with the amount of people that have passed away, but I feel like, again, it just became so normalized that I no longer classified it as grief. I was like, what's the point of grieving? It takes forever. Um, And I do agree with that to an extent. Grieving does take forever because I think you never fully grieve. It's not something you overcome. It's a new emotion that is unlocked within you for you to feel. And that emotion will always be there the same way happiness is always there, sadness is always there, excitement, all the different emotions you can feel, anger is always with you, but you may not be living in that emotion for your entire life. So now that I have lost someone, I learned the emotion of grief and how grief feels in my body. And I didn't like it when I first learned it when I was very young. It was an icky feeling. I remember the first time it had felt like my heart literally broke. And I remember just like looking at myself in the mirror and was like, you're never going to feel that again. Like, we're not going to do that emotion, which is like crazy. Um, It's funny how that just like flashed back in my mind. But like I perfectly, I can like perfectly remember it. I was in my like childhood bedroom. I had like this white bureau that had um, a mirror on it. And I was just like my hands on the um, counter piece of it and just looking in the mirror like, and I tears down my face and I was just like, we're not doing this. (laughs) Like, no. And I put the wall up. I got rid of that emotion, even though I had already unlocked it. And I feel like right now with the loss of my dad, I'm realizing the importance of that emotion and how it has stored in my body. I know where it's storing in my body and I'm ready to release it, but it's a bit intimidating because by releasing it for my dad, 
I'm releasing it for everyone and everything that I have lost. And not in a bad way. I feel like everything happens for a reason. And yes, I would love for all these people to still be here. But I was thinking of this this morning, especially with my dad. As much as I would love for him to be here right now, I would love it. I would love for him to see all the grandkids getting older. I would love for him to see the new grandkids, the little girls that he always wanted. I would love to see him laughing and hearing his voice again. I would love it. I would love for him to be there for the day I get married. Like, I would love for him to be here. However, I'm trying to think how to word it. I am okay that he is not here because if he was here, I know how much pain he would be in, like how much pain he would be in to get to this point of his life. And I know I wouldn't be where I am right now. I would still be trying to control his situation and making that my priority in life instead of myself. I wouldn't have as good of a relationship with him because when he was here, we did not have necessarily the best relationship. We always knew at the bottom of our relationship, it was unconditional love and we had love for each other. However, it was very easy when you were angry to just like take it out on them. And by them, I mean your parents, Um, especially when I was so burnt out in the classroom and didn't even realize it. I would just any extra energy I had was negative and I would just lash out. And so I think between leaving the classroom and that, maybe our relationship would have been better. But it was more so like we would be fighting all the time. And it looking back, it's like stupid fights. And they're not even that bad. And I had a a great relationship with my dad. If I ever needed something, I could easily go to him. He would help me out. Like he was always there. I could call him up if I was lost. Even if we just like had a screaming fit, all of a sudden I'd call him up and be like, I don't know where I am. And he would know immediately. Meanwhile, I'm the one with the GPS. I should be able to figure it out. Like, I had a great relationship with him, so I don't want to paint that I don't, but I think the people we are most comfortable with end up seeing all of our emotions, even the ones we don't want to show them, and that is mirroring what is going on with you, and that's something you need to work on as well, because that's also not okay to be yelling at each other all the time, Um, but where I am now with it, I feel like I'm able to talk and connect with him. Like when I go to the beach or just even walking, I'll make like comments. I see rainbows all the time, which is his sign. I also see angel numbers. And every time it's there, I just like get a literal warm feeling in my chest. And if you asked me a year, two years ago, that if emotions actually had a feeling within you, I would tell you no. And I'm really starting to notice the emotions within my own body. And I don't think any of that would have happened if he was still here. I would still be going down that road. And again, if he could be here for everything, I would want him here. However, it would also stall my own healing journey in the nicest way possible. I don't want this to come off like I'm glad he's gone because I'm not. But there are 
things that have sparked because of it. I got a lot of time back into my life instead of driving him to appointments or bandaging him up. I was able to redirect that energy into me. And yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I feel like it's a lot, especially if you're going through grief. Um, You might be feeling these type of emotions as well of, yes, you wish he they were here. However, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be the best circumstance for you or for them. And even looking at my family members and the way they talk about him now, I feel they have a deeper connection with him because he is there and he is communicating back with us. So the relationship is still going, but we're able to remove the pain he was feeling that had kind of become his personality. Um, and being sick that whole time, like I totally understand and I understand some of the ways we treated him, not necessarily with intent of being bad, just over time it grew into that. He didn't want to be a burden, so he didn't want us visiting him in the hospital. Um, so he would go three weeks at a time in the hospital without us there. And that when, when it all first started and we were younger, we were always there. But as 20, 25 years go by um, and he's constantly screaming when you go in because he doesn't want you to be taking up this many hours to go visit him in the hospital when you can be doing something else, you just start to like drift apart, which is natural. However, I'm starting to see that and I'm seeing why he felt that way and he knew already how much time we were pouring into him and he was like, no, like you have to go live a life. And at the time I was like, well, if I don't give up everything for my family, then what is everything? Because everyone always talks about how your family is center, like your family comes first and I agree. However, it shouldn't necessarily stop your life. And I'm not saying it stopped my life, but I came out of college. I was all ready to stay in Montana and I had to come home and I had to help with him. I moved in and the sickness was never getting better. So I was never leaving. And it was almost like I had to stall. I was in the middle of being so burnt out, trying to start my career in education. And then I'd come home and have to be doing all this health stuff with him to the point when, when I even had an hour for myself, I was exhausted. Like I had no battery left within me. So I just stopped doing anything and basically was like, I will figure this out when I get to the point where I'm able to handle it all. And I would just sit and watch Netflix and it never came. Like it never got to that point because I just didn't have the energy to even go out and attempt to live my own life. I was too busy stuck within this life that I felt I needed to be in. And again, I would probably come right back home, 
to help with my family if I had to do it again. But I think now I'm able to see where I could put boundaries up and where I could still keep my vision of my life a priority because I definitely put it on the back burner um, because I thought it would be selfish to be going after what I wanted when there were other people that needed me. And so now I'm here. I'm ready to reclaim it. I feel like for the past two years, I've been trying to ignore it. And every time I think of sharing it online, I get angel numbers everywhere. Literally this morning, I was like, I don't know about it. But if I should record that podcast episode today about that, and then all of a sudden, before I could finish the thought, 777 passed, and then 888 passed. I was just like, okay, I got it. Like, recording the episode. And yeah, I feel like there was so much this past week that I wanted to share about. And I'm just like, I don't know which direction to take it. Um, and I don't know if you necessarily want to hear it, hear it, but I also think I just need to go through it and process it. And that's what I'm going to do with these episodes. I'm going to not necessarily always be diving into grief, but diving into my own healing journey and where I'm at and what I need and the different emotions because I'm not always feeling grief. Right now, it's definitely heavy since his birthday all the way to when it will be his anniversary of his death. Um, And mainly because that time when it was happening was a very heavy time. Like lots were happening. I can't even keep track of what happened every day. So... Yeah, get ready for a journey of healing with me. (laughs) And um, with that, I also think I want to add just like a few notes on grief. If you are around someone who has experienced grief, I feel like it's not talked enough about. But I was thinking of it on a walk the other day. It was actually on his birthday. And I recorded it. And I contemplated playing it, but I was on the beach and you just hear the waves crashing in the background. So you can't really hear me. Um, So I'm just going to kind of like reiterate it right now. But basically, if you are around anyone that has lost someone or if someone tells you they have lost someone, instead of saying, and I'm going to say what I would like. Granted, everyone is at a different stage of their grieving journey. Everyone has different preferences. So take what I say with a grain of salt and only apply it if you think it applies. But for me, what I would like, I'm going to say what I would like and what I do when I hear people and I have always gotten a good response. But again, you do you. Um, When someone tells me that they've lost someone, I don't always say I'm sorry. And that is because I'm probably not necessarily sorry. I didn't know them. I don't have any relationship of that person. I can't feel sorry for someone I didn't know. I can feel sorry for the person in front of me. But I can't necessarily feel sorry. And this is me personally. I necessarily can't feel the feeling of sorry and like sadness for someone I haven't met 
it can spark sadness in me because I can relate them to someone in my life who I would have, I would feel sad about and I would be sorry if I lost them. However, I don't necessarily say I'm sorry. Sometimes I say it just because it's one of those filler words, almost like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Um, But I feel like when you say I'm sorry, you are cutting off the conversation and you're putting up a wall. And again, this is how I feel. When someone says to me, when I say, oh, I lost my dad and they go, I'm sorry. To me, that is like, hi, how are you? And they respond or like, how's your day? And they're like, it's good. I'm good. You can tell in that moment, they don't want to continue that conversation. They don't actually want to go deeper into how they are currently feeling. And by saying, I'm sorry, when someone says they lost someone, to me, a wall goes up. And that just shuts down any conversation about the person. And I get it. Maybe you feel uncomfortable. That's something you have to go through. You have to figure out why you feel uncomfy when someone talks about death. And I get it. It's weird. But it's a part of life. (laughs) And not that you have to get familiar with death. And I would never wish that on anyone. But you have to be okay with hearing stories of others who have experienced death. So instead of saying, I'm sorry, I always say, oh, what was their name? I want you to invite their name into the conversation. So if someone's like, oh, uh, my aunt just passed away. And I'm like, what was her name? immediately you want to say, I'm sorry. And you can go for it. If you feel like you need to say, I'm sorry. Um, but at, you can even say like, I'm sorry, what was her name? But again, I would just go with what was her name. And I get it. Like it might be programmed right now. Same as when someone asks, how are you? And you're just like, I'm good. Like you just automatically say it so fast. Um, but I want you to ask what their name was because the amount of people that I have told that I've lost my dad, not one of them, maybe like a few of them, know his name. And by not saying his name, we're just ending that conversation. We're acting like it didn't matter. So I want you to say, what was their name? Once you get the name, say, what if, this is when, if I'm going to say I'm sorry, I would say it, but you can say like, I'm sorry for your loss of your dad. Um, Obviously, I never met him. What is one of your favorite memories that would just like show me his personality and who he was as a human or as a person, whatever type of language you want? Basically, you want them to share their favorite memory, but also the memory that to them like is the person who passed away. Everyone has a memory. When you think of people right now, I want you to think of your mom. There's an immediate memory that comes to your head that explains exactly who your mom is. Now, if I say your brother, you immediately have this memory. If I say your dog, you immediately like something just clicks. And it's for me, it's like a split second. It's like a little clip and I could go further into it if I wanted, but like I'm going to stay where we are right now. And so I want you to have them talk about the story and talk about the person that passed away because the amount of people who who I have mentioned to that I don't have my dad. And if I want, if I don't want to go into the story, I would easily say I don't want to go into it. However, having that option to go into it would open up a lot 
because I no longer feel like I have to shove him down because he is literally like energy within me trying to come out. And that is the piece of grief. So the way I envision how I store grief, I'm a very visual person. So in my body, I have all this energy moving and it's all from different things and different memories. And so I have memories. You can kind of think of inside out. Um, I think I watched that once with my students when we were learning about emotions. And I think if I'm remembering right, they have like the balls of memory, like each memory is a ball. So you kind of have those. And for me, I have a few of my dad within me and they're in different parts where I can like really feel and I with shadow work go into the chakras and where it's sitting in my body and all that. But sometimes it's just like that ball of energy that is him needs to come out. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, it's too much. Like I need to let some of it out because I can only hold so much of it at a time. And so having someone say to me, like, tell me about him, that to me is a lot easier to share than when someone says, oh, how did he die? Because I don't want to keep talking about how he died. Like I'm I'm tired of explaining that story and you could probably hear it in my voice at the beginning of this episode. Like I'm tired of going through that story because that story right now is running on repeat in my mind. And that wasn't my favorite part of him being here. My favorite part of him being here were all these other memories that I never get to reminisce on. The only one I get to reminisce on is the one that hurts me the most. So with all that said, I want you next time to ask for their name and ask for a positive memory. And you can get like specific, like if you don't want to be like a memory to explain like their personality, you can be like, what's your favorite memory with him? Or tell me about this type of event with him or her or whoever it was. Um, Like if you know a little bit about them or what did they think of when you did this type of thing? Like there are ways to still talk about it. And I think it's nice when it's nice when it's not always the same question, because again, it's the same as like, how did he die? It's the same story again and again. And it's nice to kind of open up your mind to those other stories, uh, because you don't necessarily always remember they're there. And one thing that got me to see this is when I was in the Dominican Republic on a retreat with Samantha Daly and Susie Perry did a breathwork session. And at that point, I was diagnosed with PTSD. It was a year and a month after my dad died. And every night I would have a dream of him dying again and again, and I could never save him, which was a whole other (laughs) factor in my mind that I needed to work through. But I just hated sleeping. And I did the breathwork session with her and I was able to reconnect with him in a way I never knew was possible. And it just kind of washed away that whole story that I was putting in the front of my head of how he died and different things I should have done throughout the years to try to help him more. And he helped me see that does not have to be the story I remember him by. I don't have to remember the moments when he was his sickest. Yes, they were there. Yes, I did the best I could during those moments, but that doesn't define our relationship. We had all these other positive moments. And 
the breathwork session helped me see him and he had shared with me all these other moments that I do go back to within meditations now and within other breathwork sessions they sometimes come up and it just helped me see that within grief you don't have to necessarily think there's a certain way to go about each stage because it's an emotion that you have unlocked, that your body now knows, that will be with you forever. And I don't, again, want that to seem intimidating because you get to choose when you let that emotion in. Yes, sometimes the emotion floods you and you're like, I did not choose to let that in. Well, you chose it. Everything is a choice. You actively chose a thought to think that allows that emotion in and you've thought it enough that it has programmed your subconscious for it to just react when it hears it. So you have the choice to do the work right now to reprogram it and to not live in the sadness and the hurt. Yes, you need to explore it, but you do not have to live in it. Um, And if you are like, I don't know where to begin on any of that, definitely just reach out to me at intuitiveceo.co on Instagram. I am more than happy to just chat with you because I feel like when I was going through all this over the past two years, I didn't have anyone to chat with. And I didn't think that was a bad thing because I didn't think I needed to chat. But even if you just want to share a story about someone that you've lost, go ahead and reach out to me. I love hearing about all these people. Um... Because I think there's something about keeping their name alive and going and the energy that that brings as well. So that is pretty much it. I don't really know. I didn't really have a goal of this entire episode. I just knew I wanted to talk and I kind of just allowed myself to ramble and not necessarily stick on each topic if I felt the need to share something else. Um, I'm trying on these ones to also do more of like an automatic writing, but more of an automatic talking and just allow myself to like verbally let it out because I think I have a lot of things I have to clear out through my throat chakra and different things I've been holding back saying. Um, And yeah, I'm excited for these ones. I'm a little bit nervous if I'm being honest because... It's opening up a whole new side of me, so a little vulnerability there and all that, so just be nice. Um, And I just want to say, if I have talked to you about my dad dying, please don't feel like you have to reach out and be like, tell me a story about him. I appreciate everyone who has held space for the past few years of me dealing with grief Because I didn't realize the space I needed and I didn't necessarily realize you holding space to the point of it supporting me in my own journey. Not that I took it for granted, but I just always felt bad about having someone hold space for it. So thank you to the people who have. And if you didn't, that's also okay. I'm not mad at you because you're going through your own stuff. Um, I also didn't ask for it. So you just had to like read my mind without me even having it on the top of my mind that I needed it. You needed to like really dig in deep to read my mind. So don't feel bad. Um, And yeah, this was an interesting episode. 
So I will see you Wednesday for another episode. And I'm excited about this new season of the podcast. It's not necessarily a new season, but this new like way of it all unfolding. It's pretty beautiful. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate all of you. So thank you so much for tuning in. Again, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you need to chat or if you just want to get something off your chest at intuitiveceo.co. And if this podcast resonates with you and you want to share your own story or you just want to get something off your chest, definitely reach out and you can come on this podcast. I'll find a space for you to come on and you can be featured for one of the behind the energy uh, guests. So have a great rest of your week and I will see you on Wednesday. Bye. That's a wrap for today's episode of Embracing Your Energy. I hope you found today's topic helpful and inspiring on your journey towards self-discovery and manifestation. Remember, small steps lead to big changes. So keep practicing the techniques and exercises we've discussed. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow the podcast to stay up to date on new episodes and to never miss a chance to expand your growth and potential. And if you feel like this podcast is resonating with you and you would like to support it, please rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find it. Also, I would be so grateful if you would share this podcast with your friends and family. And if you decide to share it on social media, please be sure to tag me at jenmurphy.com. The more headphones and hearts we reach, the more people we can help on their journey towards self-discovery and manifestation. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Embracing Your Energy. Remember, it's time to let go of those limiting beliefs, make those much-needed mindset shifts, and finally manifest abundance and success. Get ready to step into your power and finally start embracing your energy. All right, take care, my friend.